Off to the movies we shall go, where we learn everything that we know. Because the movies teach us what our parents don't have time to say. And And this movie's going to make our lives complete. Because Terrence and Philip are sweet. Super sweet. Hello there, and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, the return of one of our most recurringest guests. I've got here in the building with me, Justin Kuzmano, a.k.a. Kuz. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, everybody. It's so good to be back on Affable Chat once again. And we brought him here today because we're talking about South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Our next guest has the number one movie in the world right now. Please welcome Terrence and Philip. Hello, Conan. Hello, Brick Shields. Guys, some people claim that your Canadian humor is nothing but immature fart jokes. That's not true. Take this classic Canadian joke, for instance. <clears throat> Excuse me, Tans. Yes, Philip? Cheers, fuckface. This is an American adult computer animated musical comedy directed by Trey Parker. The cast includes the guys who wrote The Book of Mormon, Danny Ocean, Data from Star Trek, Skylar from Goodwill Hunting, Flick from Bugs Life, and the creator of King of the Hill. I watched this movie on Paramount Plus using a free trial that I need to remember to cancel today. Kuz, how did you watch this movie? I also watched this on Paramount Plus free trial that I also need to cancel. There you go. Yeah, because neither of us had Paramount Plus, and I guess neither of us want to keep having Paramount yeah, Plus. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth keeping, although I think I'll watch the other South Park specials before I close it out. There you go. There you go. Get your value out get of my, it. Get my trial out of it. Like Okay, well, before we begin our analysis of this film, we will succinctly summarize the events in our special 60-second synopsis. If you'd like to skip the synopsis, just scrub ahead 60 seconds right now. Stan, Kyle, Eric, and Kenny live in the quiet little white bread redneck mountain town of South Park, Colorado. One day, they go to the movies to see the new R-rated Terrence and Philip movie, Asses of Fire. After watching the Canadian film, the boys start to swear constantly, which terrifies their mothers but impresses the other kids. After seeing the film again, Kenny tries to prove that a scene in the movie is really possible by lighting his fart on fire. In doing so, he accidentally immolates himself and later dies at the hospital. Kenny is barred from entering heaven and instead is thrust into hell, where he meets Satan and his abusive lover, Saddam Hussein. Meanwhile, Kyle's mother, Sheila, forms Mothers Against Canada and starts a nationwide moral panic. She gets Terrence and Philip arrested, and a war breaks out between the USA and Canada. This is all part of the prophecy, where Satan comes and ends the world if Terrence and Philip die. The boys try to save them, but ultimately fail, and the apocalypse happens. But Cartman and Kenny end up defeating Saddam Hussein, and Satan gives Kenny a wish. Kenny wishes that everything goes back to normal, and for his sacrifice, he is allowed to enter heaven. The end. Yeah, man. This is a really, it's a pretty good musical movie, man. Dude, well, Um, we'll begin our analysis by talking about our pros and cons. Kuz, since you're our guest, you'll go first. What did you like about South Park? Oh, one of the things I loved about this movie is that the music is just as incredible as I remembered it being. Um, from Kyle's mom's a bitch to blame Canada, uh, it was great to see like the full musical chops of Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, the creators of South Park, the Book of Mormon, and so on and so forth, at work. Um, and honestly, 
uh, they were just, they were allowed to kind of go off the rails and do whatever, because... Uh, it wasn't this, just that they were allowed, they demanded to, you know? Yes. This was kind of, that was kind of the part of their message here. Oh, yeah. With this movie, they, uh, bigger, longer, and uncut meant that they had complete uh, free reign. Although, there is a reason why, uh, you know, they, they weren't able to curse even more. Yes, yes. Um, and we'll get we'll into get that. Into we'll get into it. Just keep going with your pros, though. Um, some of the more uh, classic South Park moments that are also in this movie that I didn't even like realize were in here. Uh, the scene early in the movie where uh, uh, Carvin's telling Mr. Garrison to suck his balls, <laughs> I didn't even realize was in the movie. And I had, it was like one of my most favorite South Park memories ever. And I was crying. <laughs> it's so, just caught me off guard. It's so Where he pulls funny. out the megaphone, right? Yeah, like, how yeah. would you let you set my balls in the garrison? <laughs> um, yeah, oh my God, dude. I like did not see that coming. And I was just like, damn, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just so many good moments in here from like early South Park. Uh, and then beyond that, as just like a fan of South Park, the show, it is so cool to see like some of the background characters and like get these like little references that at the time they weren't even making. They just were like putting characters in the background just to make South Park like organic. But in the background, you can see like Butters, Tolkien, uh, Craig, Bebe, Clyde, just to like name a few offhand. And yeah, like they are not really relevant at all at South Park, but like they become relevant much later. Yeah, on. yeah, that is like, that is true. And uh, yeah, Clyde definitely gets his opportunity in the spotlight because Mr. Garrison totally roasts him. For oh, that, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Clyde, I would say, is probably the more like brought up background character, at least for this movie, because he's got like a couple lines too. Yeah, but, yeah. Well. That's all great. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, I, I love the music in this film. I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, dang, this movie has no, just comes out of nowhere being an amazing musical. It's, this movie features hilarious satire. Uh, you know, it may, it may be a little bit beyond the pale at times or a little bit uh, extreme, but I do think that they have a lot of pointed satire and it's, it's done effectively. I love the animation style of South Park, and I know that they even kind of joke at themselves in this film about the animation being bad, but I feel like South Park's simplicity is one of its greatest weapons. It's able to do so much because you don't have to make it look real. They're so different from real life anyways that they can kind of do whatever they want inside of that realm, so I, I love the animation style. Yeah, because like South Park is just a step up from like stick figures. Right. It's so easy <laughs> to uh really get away with almost anything. Well, there's some there's like some comedy to be had there because Saddam Hussein being a, literally Saddam Hussein's head on a South Park character yeah. is so much wackier and funnier because everyone else looks so basic and like b barely more than stick figures, like you're saying. Yeah, and like he's got like Saddam Hussein's actual face and he's animated like a Canadian. So it doesn't even <laughs> feel like necessarily out of place. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's so funny. It makes him look like such an ass the way he acts in this movie, too. Yeah. Um, this movie is short, and I think it's good. I think comedies, if you're going to make a real, like a down the line, like straight up comedy, 90 minutes is usually enough. This movie's not even that. And uh, even, so I'll say that I like that. I like the runtime. It's got a message that is very well, I think, 
executed. It's something that comes through very clearly, like insanely clearly, honestly. Uh, and it's very applicable to the movie itself. You know, the themes and the message in this film are self-referential, which I think right. is kind of cool. Especially because South Park kind of exists in its own lane. So its own existence is something that's worth talking about. Yeah, South Park now, you know, it's the journey from profane to profound. But this movie's definitely back in the, like, profane days. Um, you didn't think it was of- profound back then, too? I mean, South Park was a cultural touchstone. I mean, even if you didn't watch it, you probably heard about South Park. And no, of course. had people who were offended by it at least well of course but this is definitely like during the early days of south park where like um they were uh, they were definitely a little bit more profane than like explicitly profound all the time you know um because like even some of their own criticisms about like uh uh terrence and philip is them referencing themselves about how like crude and like bad they are but i'm gonna be honest with you um and i'll explain more about this in a little bit but it's kind of tame compared to like south park now interesting um, interesting so like uh yeah I, well, I, we'll get into that let me finish up with my my pros here right. um, the last thing is uh, i liked that the character arcs were so like plainly written out and uh, like easy to observe which can be a bad thing but this reminded me of like disney musicals with how the characters express themselves through the song and that's how you understand their motivations you know they're um in the brian boitano song we have Stan, uh, Cartman, and Kyle each explicitly state their motivation. Where like Cartman's like, "I want this V chip out of me." Kyle is like, "I wish my mom would stop fighting everybody." And Stan is like, "I'll oh, be an activist for Wendy." You know? Yeah. So it's just like, to get Wendy. I, it's just I don't know that they, they clearly are parodying and kind of satirizing these musicals, but they're doing it in a way that's it's very loving. Uh, it's like you have to be a fan of the thing to be able it's to satirize sort of it so a, well. Um, it's uh, it's their little take on like the Disney Renaissance era. Yes, yes. Um, especially because this was made in 1999. Right, right. So. Okay, well, those are our pros. Let's move on to our cons. Kuz, what did you not like about South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut? So um, just to kind of play off of uh, what I was saying earlier, um, this movie's not as like vulgar as I remember it being. Which is um, a pretty bold statement, considering how vulgar this movie is. Yeah, like, let's, okay, listen, like, when I was, let's, like, you know, reverse the clock, like, 15 years or so, or, you know, 15 or 20 years, and, like, you know, I am, like, a dumb seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid, and, like, watching this movie was, like, very hush-hush, like, I'm at a friend's house, we're, like, up late, yep, yep. and, you know, it's just like, all right, we gotta watch That's this movie. That's what South Park was when we were kids, Oh, you know? of course. It was something that you had to make sure your parents didn't find out you were watching. Yeah, exactly, and, like, back then, like, this movie was, like, you know, peak content, and it was just like, wow, like, you know, uh, much like how the kids were amazed during Terrence and Phillip, <laughs> um, we were also, like, amazed. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I think is funny about south park because growing up when i was watching it i wasn't the age of the kids right but like a lot of kids my age spoke like them you oh know, yeah uh, you know and that that seemed cool to do i you know i i'm sure i was also a potty mouth at t- I, I definitely had my moments being a potty mouth i guess i'll say yeah and the yeah the way that they act in the show is almost like just being honest about how kids act. Yeah, you know? like it really it's not actually is. an extreme exaggeration of how kids act. Their kids look just like Cartman and Stan no, and course. Kyle with the language they use. Yeah, and the thing is, is that like back then, I thought this was like 
as vulgar as it could like possibly get. <laughs> and you're you saying like, it's not. It's not like Dude, okay. Let's, you, okay. You really watched that Terrence and Philip movie, and you're gonna say that it's not as profane as it possibly okay, could listen, be. Almost every other right? word is a cuss word. Yeah, except there's a lot of cursing in this movie. But like South Park in recent years had like you know all of the boys like literally parade around on screen with their wieners out okay and like nobody cared and then there's this movie which like did that too they had bart's penis in a movie yeah but like again my point is that there's a lot of cursing in this movie but like beyond that there's not like a lot of truly explicit content versus like you know now in south park it's like you know there's like wild crap like that happening and nobody even cares you know versus like this movie, we're like, listen, don't get me wrong. There are a ton of cursing and swearing. Definitely. But there's nothing like super, like maybe like the war scenes towards the end where there's like stick figures dying, you know, and there's like blood. So you're splatter. talking, so you're saying more recent South Park is more visually appalling as opposed to verbally appalling? I mean, even like, uh, you know, metaphysically, like there's a whole episode about how there's like, you know, fat people spaghetti wrestling. You know, and like they have to address like, dang, you know, did we like lower the bar? Um, And I just think that like, you know, when I'm like remembering, I guess like because this is, you know, a little or before my time entering South Park, this movie was made in 1999. (laughs) I think it was before your time. Yeah. But (laughs) were you um, born? uh, You know, 1996. Yeah. Okay. You know, so (laughs) the ripe old age of three corrupted at an early (laughs) age. But um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just remember being way younger, and this movie was like as vulgar as it could be. And then I was like, while I was writing the review, because I really didn't have any cons, but I was just thinking about it. And like, just like, dang, you know, this is not as like vulgar explicitly as I, I thought it would be. Beyond like swearing, of course. There well, is a ton of swearing. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I kind of agree with that. I, it was something where I feel like now it doesn't hit me as harshly. I used to watch South Park and be like, dang, I can't believe they're saying this stuff. Now I'm like, I kind of expect it and I'm a little bit more yeah. uh, desensitized to it. But I feel like that's more on me than it is on South Park. No, I of think, course. Like, Again, I'm this is not now. Yeah, this is not like a, a huge ding against South Park. Oh, it's just something saying, yeah. to be like aware of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess in that same vein, something else I didn't particularly like, you know, excuse me, wasn't a fan about was really just that this movie's really dated. Like um remember saddam hussein you know back in like you know uh 2000 you know okay, so, three or whatever saddam like, hussein's a pretty big historical figure but i, I understand what you're saying and i yeah. agree there's and, plenty of references to celebrities that i do not know who they are and because saddam hussein i would say is the counter to this where he's like such a big celebrity that it's celebrity he's just like such a you know known he's a big public, historical figure yeah known public figure who he's now evil. you still know who he is today right but it's like I did not when they were making fun of the Canadian celebrities. I yeah, have no, no idea who they're talking about. Um, the Baldwin brothers, like I know Alec Baldwin, right? But I don't yeah, know any of the other Baldwins. I really. I honest to God forgot that Alec Baldwin had brothers. And like, none of the Baldwin brothers that they showed were even Alec Baldwin, you know, or they didn't explicitly say. I'm yeah, Alec they Baldwin. did not explicitly say it was Alec Baldwin. Right. So all. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It is. It's dated. a little dated. Beyond that, like you can see, like Chef is there, and like the animation styles from like the old days, which is wait, fine. Wait, wait, wait. What's um, wrong with Chef? well like it's just from very early south park i love chef but like um i don't know part of me like there we're on like almost 20 seasons now of south park i think or we're like Uh heading towards like you know at least uh 23 seasons um 
it just chef is a character from just the early days and yeah like, but that's a problem to you that no chef okay is in it? it's not a problem it's just very noticeable because like a lot of times where i like think about like south park um you're like chef is, south park is a show that doesn't have chef in it yeah you know because like are I, you being serious I mean, like, uh, not like, not in like a huge. Did they kill him no- off in the show? Yeah, they killed him off in oh, the show. Interesting. See, I'm watching this as a person who hasn't seen South Park's episodes in years. So, oh. like, I'm, I'm. This is very reminiscent of the old era of South, like the very beginning. No, it is. But it, like, it is. I haven't watched anything recent. But it sounds like by watching the more recent episodes, it's made rewatching the movie worse somehow. Uh, I guess a little bit, just because like the old animation style is a little rougher as compared to like the new style, oh, which is a little bit cleaner animation things huh. like that um so you actually you agree with the criticisms that south park is like bad animation no not oh, at okay. all i just think that like south park has improved its process so much yeah. over the years yeah. that like you by can comparison. tell it like by compare like if i was to throw an episode on from like um season 14 or whatever or if i was gonna throw on like the the go fuck yourself episode where like south park uh uh lampoons the washington redskins over, right, like, right the whole thing um that animation like looks so much cleaner and better as compared to like this movie interesting you know but that's also like another like 10 15 year time span you know what i mean um south park came out i think in 1995 or 1996 now, and, like, i think it started in either 97 or 98 because they started development of this movie when they started season one of South Park. Oh, and this okay. movie came out, I think, between seasons two and three. So it yeah, was just really I early. Say, in a the very South early Park, South which Park. surprised me. Yeah, uh, I would even go on to but say But I guess that. I'm trying to get at the root of what you're saying, because you're saying that it's just, in comparison to today, you thought the animation looked bad. It's, it just lo- it's very noticeable. Okay, um, It's not enough. bad. It's just very noticeable Well, to we're doing me. it in a cons section, so yeah. it's got to be somewhat bad all right, right it's 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 very just distracting let's go with fair that. enough fair enough okay um what else what else did you not like about and it? and then i also didn't like uh and this is just because i haven't seen like maybe musicals in a hot minute i'm not a huge like musical kind of guy but uh-huh. there's a lot of music like there's a there's a lot of musical numbers kind of like back to back to back uh-huh um there's like one musical number and then there's like two or three lines of dialogue and then there's a whole nother musical number and like Uh, that's fine maybe it's just because like i'm not a huge fan of musicals i guess you know i i am a big disney kid but like i don't know it would have been nice to have like a little bit more brevity between numbers instead of uh you know um like kind of rapid fire you know back to back to back fair enough fair enough i uh i gotta disagree with that last one i feel like they have a good balance of dialogue and and musicals but i also really like the music in this movie yeah, like the almost all really of it i mean this was like the precursor to them writing the book of mormon which like swept the tonys so um, right so yeah i definitely so here's some of my cons i said that i liked how kind of straightforward and like simple this film is i almost feel like it's too simple there could have been I don't know. I, I feel like it. They don't really build uh, very well towards the end. Like the USO show, just kind of like it is what it is. But um, it felt like just more of an opportunity for them to do more musical numbers and more kind right. of just like stuff. But it was like kind of fluff between like setting up our conflict and then Satan and yeah, it's really arriving. just like filler for the boys to kind of like have their story time. Of right. Trying to save uh, Terrence and Philip, right, but they were never going to save Terrence and Philip because that would avoid the whole conflict. Right. right. So we knew they were going to fail. So I just feel like the, 
the, the climax and like towards the end kind of loses a little bit of steam, even though I do like the resolution of the conflict. Right. And then I don't like that some of our characters that are kind of important are pretty much completely undefined. Wendy is just staring at either uh, Stan or what, what was that that kid's name? Gregory. Gregory. You yeah. got four point average at his right. old school. And Pemington or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so she just like looks dreamily at them. It would be nice to have gotten to know Wendy a little bit better because literally she's so one dimensional. It's like I like political guys, you know. Yeah, she likes being a political activist, and that's pretty much her entire. Character. It's like yeah, and so whatever. And then also Ike. I know he's a little baby, but I wish we had gotten more time to spend with like maybe him and Sheila's relationship or him and Kyle or, or something yeah. more about him being a Canadian in the family. Cause it's on its face. It is bad that his mom was being anti-Canadian while she has an adopted Canadian son to the point where like he's left alone in the attic, like eating rats and like, yeah, but that was like uh, it, it, it harmonica was just, music. But they also kick him through the window. So it, to me, it's Don't hard to like the baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's like hard to gauge what is cruelty and what is just happening. Right. So I kind of wish they had harped on those things a little bit more. I, Cause while Stan's whole storyline of like finding the clitoris is funny it really doesn't, nothing happens, you know? It's, yeah. He, he meets this metaphysical clitoris, and then now, and then all it says is just be confident, dude. Yeah, like be the, confident in yourself. So, That's it. Such useless, uh, you know, like, uh, information here. I so, think part yeah. of that problem is that, um, because, like, this is basically South Park's, like, three ep- first ever three-episode special. Yes. If you really, like, boil it down, they have a lot of really great three-episode specials. Um but unfortunately, um, if you're just watching this movie on its own, you have those kind of issues versus if you've like watched the series and like also have this movie like, you know, in repartee, then you have like a few bit, a few just more notes on every character than agree. Just what they have in the movie, which I would agree to say is a it's a pro Anacon. If you're a big South Park yeah. head, there's a lot to like in this movie. If you're if you've never seen anything on South Park or you haven't in a while or you're just not as familiar with it, there's a lot of characters in here that are completely undefined. Like when the soldiers are are all the characters, all the men in South Park are in the army, they make references and do stuff and you're like, who are these guys? They might as well just be random South Park characters, which essentially they are. Yeah. But it doesn't add anything. And then like the context of the movie doesn't necessarily matter, but like as like a fan, you kind of know like yeah. more. Right. Um and I will say that um because there there's like a bunch of people in my family who really like South Park. Um South Park is much more in rotation as far as the shows that I watch than uh than like not. So I just, you know, um, I, I don't know. I'm more of a South Park fan too. So like, um, I just, like, I just like, it was very fun to see everything in the movie, but yeah, if you're just watching this on its own and you haven't seen South Park in a while, then yeah, there's some stuff you're probably going to like miss. Well, sure. Or you're just not going to know simple. who these people are, you know, cause right. again, most of them don't get any sort of backstory. They're just players on the stage. Right. So, um, okay, well that's our pros and our cons. Let's move on to our overall section. And um, I want to say that this movie is about itself. Its themes are censorship and scapegoating. And these themes are influenced by events that actually surrounded the movie itself. They're being meta. Uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker had huge conflicts with the Motion Picture Association of America during the production of this film because the MPAA kept giving them an NC-17 rating due to the profanity in the film. 
Some of the feedback that they got from the MPAA said that if the script exceeded 400 swear words, they would receive the NC-17 rating automatically. So they responded, uh, Parker and Stone responded by including 399 swear words in the final script. They screened the film six times and five times it came back with the NC-17 rating. On the sixth and final time, they finally got that R rating that they were aiming for. And that was two weeks before the film's release, which is crazy to me because this movie, I feel like has to be about criticizing the Motion Picture Association of America. So which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, do they have issues with the Motion Picture Association of America? And then the movie started to become about that? Or is it always about that? And it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think that there's a certain point where um, it sort of became about that. And it just started about something else. Like, I feel like it would like at first, like, it's just one of those things was like, at first, it's about something else. And then like, the first script went through and they're like, no, you have to make it, you know, cleaner, not as profound It's like, okay, well, sure. So number two goes in and no, you have to make it cleaner and more <laughs> profound. And it's just like, okay, well, fine. Like, then they like re- overhaul it. And then that's when it becomes like making fun of the MPAA and like, well, it's, um, it's kind of cool because South Park has always been about p- popular culture. Right? Yeah. It's very topical. Yes. Yeah, so topical. And it's kind of cool to me that this movie is about South Park itself because South Park is topical. You know, South Park was, because of its content, was so notable. People were like, you can't put that on TV, but South Park did it. You know, it was something yeah, that shocked and, everybody. And like, I know that there was a whole, um, and you can stop me, Ben, if this, you know, uh, presses the, the line. Um, there was a whole thing, maybe like, what, uh, like five or six years ago about saying the word pussy on TV or whatever, right? Do you remember that, Ben? I, not specifically. Well, you probably wouldn't because South Park was We're, saying the word pussy on TV. <laughs> Wait, uh, are 10 you talking years... about like Ben Shapiro with uh, Wet Ass Pussy? Like, no. The song? No, no, um, no, 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 no. I'm talking about when like Amy Schumer uh, like said pussy on some SNL sketch or something and everybody lost their minds because she said it on like live TV or whatever. Really? Like, no, un- like uncensored, that. whatever. And like, this was during like the Trump election or whatever um or like right behind it or in front of it or whatever but like <laughs> back in like season two of south park they were saying the word pussy they're like, saying more than just that oh, of course but like they are saying that uninterrupted no problems well i think south park especially near its like origins has always been kind of trying to push the limits on kind of free speech and everything and in this like in this film asses of fire is supposed to represent South Park, the show, also this movie, you know? So it's like not just referencing the show that it is, but it's also referencing the movie as it's coming out. And in some ways, uh, you know, in some ways more than others, it really does represent what South Park is. Terrence and Philip are offensive for the sake of comedy. They do it because they think it's funny. They don't care if you think it's offensive, right? It's funny. It's really funny. And I think they try to push the limits on what Terrence and Philip are willing to do because they're trying to say, hey, even stuff that goes beyond what we're doing, even though Terrence and Philip is literally what they're doing, should be allowed. If you think it's funny, then you should be allowed to engage with it. If you don't like it, then you, just, you don't have to watch it. But you shouldn't 
be able to curb other people's ability to express those things, right? That's freedom of speech, you know, the ability to express ideas, even if people don't like them. And then this movie portrays the authoritarian opposition to freedom of speech uh, in the form of Kyle's mom and the Mothers Against Canada. They are willing to burn Canadian books and like all these other Canadian like memorabilia and stuff. And they don't take accountability for the things that their children do. Instead, they blame, you know, they yeah. scapegoat, they blame Canada uh, instead of focusing on what they can do to improve uh, themselves or their children through just being better or just, mothers. Right. Or like they could choose to be like a good parent and try to improve things, or they can just blame Canada. And right. Like, They're willing you know, to get go to the war and kill people yeah. rather than, you know, look inward. And I, I do think that one of the biggest criticisms of South Park, especially when it was new, is that it was going to harm children. Because even though it's created for adults, it's a cartoon. So, of course, kids are going to watch it, right? But South Park, like Matt and Trey, reject this and this criticism. And they try to portray these people who have these criticisms, mothers in this movie, yeah. as hysterical idiots that just you know, need to self-improve, uh, which I think is, I, I mainly agree with that. You know, even if I don't think, obviously I don't think kids should be watching South Park, but I think that they should be able to make South Park. I think that, I mean, they, I agree with you. They should be able to make South Park. And I think that because South Park, like takes shots at everybody, you know, and everybody like, you know, you can be made fun of, you know, by South Park, no regard, like no matter who you are. Oh yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter what belief system you have what like race you are what ethnicity it's everything or like table. what level of importance you are right because um, they've taken plenty of pot shots at religious figures presidents like celebrities celebrities does not matter at all yeah um and i think that that's like part of why south park has become so profound is because by having like this ability to really say anything and make fun of anyone um you can say things that like really matter yeah um, well that's why i was saying i feel like even in the back in the day when you said it was just more profane than profound i still think it was pretty profound it was profound to be profane you know they were taking true. a risk because you know plenty of other people i mean who really gets a chance to make a tv show you know everyone else is willing to play it safe because they've got that opportunity and matt and trey were willing to push the envelope every step of the way which i think is, is pretty cool and what's, what's interesting is Similar to what you said earlier, like watching this movie now made me feel like I've grown up a lot. Back when I was a teenager, I was genuinely shocked whenever I watched South Park. The language and the violence and the general vulgarity was such a novelty. And I saw value in that. You know, I was getting something from South Park that I wasn't getting from anybody else. But now that I'm older, it almost doesn't even register. It doesn't shock me. And I don't find it as funny as I used to. Cartman isn't funny because he's he cusses a lot. To me, that literally just is who Cartman is. Like you wouldn't be able to portray Cartman if he wasn't, you know, cursing so much. He's a rotten little kid and he expresses himself in the most rotten way possible, which is funny because again, that's almost more like real life. Everybody knows those snot-nosed little kids who don't know how to behave and say obscenities and stuff like that. You yeah. know, like South Park 
I know it's an exaggeration, but it's actually not that far from the truth in some cases. In some cases, uh, you know, uh, life imitates art. Art imitates life. You know, yeah. there are kids that are just kind of evil. Um, <laughs> you know, and there are brats. That's just and kids. I and I think that like you know, like I said, uh, things uh, you know, things didn't really shock me. You know, like I again, I know there's a lot of swearing and it's pretty like, you know, out there excessive swearing. But like I would show this movie to my siblings, you know, um, you know, like it's not like explicitly like, you know, uh, uh, explicit, you know, yeah. there's just a lot of swearing. But it's like a ton of swearing, you but know, I, that too. I feel like, again, maybe it's part of me being a kid, but maybe it's also the world changing where I feel like people are more okay with swearing these days we've been than a little were, desensitized yeah over the years, well and I generally think. like society has changed a little bit where it's not quite as at least it just seems like it's not quite as frowned upon to have a little bit of explicit language oh. and you're just common day-to-day speaking oh something to like um to bring up to like really put this in like perspective um, I was talking to a friend as I was kind of finishing up my script on this, just to like um, catch up. And uh, when I told him I was watching South Park, he's like, "Man, it's kind of like crazy to think about how far it's been since South Park movie came out." And he brought up to me that like, uh, if you do you remember like Britney Spears videos like way back when or whatever when she was like a huge like oh musician, they right? mentioned her in this movie. Right, uh, was Shelly is listening to Britney Spears. Yeah, and uh, when her music videos came out, people thought that they were like some of the most raunchy, like you know, out yes, there, yeah. crazy videos of all time. And so I was like, "Wow!" Like you know, I don't remember them being like quite that bad. And so I watched one, and it's just like, "Yeah, okay, this is fine." And I was just like, "Wait, people thought that uh, <laughs> this was crazy when like we had a uh, WAP." You know, this past year, and like, um, just to if you remember the song by uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot, uh, "Baby Got Back," yeah, right. Can you imagine if Nicki Minaj's "Anaconda," like, you know, including the video, by the way, if that song and video came out like two weeks after uh, "Baby Got Back" came out in like the '90s, like she might have been arrested, <laughs> like straight up. We yeah, like she yeah. might have just gone to jail. Yeah, you know, because like. Compared to like Britney Spears back then, uh, even the music video for Anaconda is like, ex- like he- by leaps and bounds, far more like explicit. Yeah. Um, no, times have changed. Times have changed. And it's interesting looking back at the South Park movie and not being quite as offended. Uh, but even though I do feel like a lot of these things like that, I mean, comedy, it's always interesting to see how comedy ages. But in general, I feel like this movie does do a pretty good job of standing up to the test of time like a lot of the jokes are still pretty solid and make sense as well as being like yeah i guess just thematically i think the humor and the comedy is on brand for south park and that like the essence of south park and what you're watching it has not aged um it's or if it has aged it's aged like fine wine you know um, cause it's still all there and it's really is, feels like you're watching just, you know, uh, yeah, South Park. Yeah. Well, one of the things that definitely has aged well is the music The South Park movie, like bigger, longer and uncut is one of my favorite musicals. There are so many great songs and in retrospect, it's obvious that these guys would go on to create something like the book of Mormon because they're clearly talented in writing musicals and like I said before, the first time I saw this movie, I was so blown away by the music because I did not expect it at all. 
but they do such a good job of parodying other popular songs from musicals. The opening song, The Mountain Town, is the same style as other musicals we're familiar with, like Oklahoma or the first song from Beauty and the Beast, where it's like they're going around and kind of establishing their humble beginnings in their town, talking to everybody. And then up there, where Satan is singing about wanting to go up to Earth, is a lot like part of your world in Little Mermaid, and that kind of touches on those same ideas. They're really able to capture the essence of these songs and use them for their own purposes in this movie in a way that both satirizes, but also like literally uses them for the exact same purpose, kind of having your cake and eating it too uh, for the purposes of this film, which I thought was great. And I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite song? In oh, the whole movie? it's easily uh, Kyle's mom's a bitch, dude. Yeah, easily, <laughs> easily. Like that song makes me laugh every time I hear it. Like it's so good. Um, and then, like, uh, believe it or not, they actually played the song live during the South Park 25th uh, anniversary concert yeah. at Red Rocks, and like um, that whole like it was even better. Um, <laughs> somehow, like it was so good. Um, but uh, it's also no surprise that um, it kind of feels very Disney-esque. Um, this movie came out in 1999, and that's like the peak of the Disney like animation renaissance, where like uh, Lion King was coming out, Little Murd was coming out, Aladdin came out. Yep, uh, yep. Like, I, I want to say specifically, like, this movie was in contention with Tarzan as far yes. as like animated movies. Yeah, that Phil came Collins out. won like best soundtrack over them, right? Uh, which they hated. <laughs> well, they hate, oh yeah, they like spent a whole episode on South Park later on, like lampooning <laughs> Phil Collins. Hilarious. This is classic. South Park took aim at so many celebrities like of that. Of course, way. but that's probably why it feels so like reminiscent because they are just coming out during an era where there were great musicals oh yeah um, and there's great animated musicals on top of that right right so well my favorite song is probably la resistance oh uh, yeah it's such a like musical like mixture of all the other songs you've heard in there as well as doing kind of a les miserables thing yeah you know that song and the character the mole are inspired by um las miserables uh or les mis les mis say. whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely. Well, actually, I didn't know that. I haven't seen Les Mis like all the way through. So I, I saw. But it's such movie. an iconic musical that yeah. obviously I recognize the reference. No, of course, but uh, yeah, that was for one of our one facts later. I had, I had put down, but it is inspired by Les Mis. So. Right, right. No, which it comes across very strongly. I thought the mole was a badass. I liked him. Yeah, this little kid smoking a cigarette and. Yeah, you know, cursing God. Where's your God now? Like, he was so. Uh, he's like, great. He's an old soul. Uh, that that mole. But yeah, I really liked La Resistance. I also liked it's Easy MK with yeah. Mr. Mackey. Oh, dude, it's Easy MK. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, that song is pretty great too, especially like on the grounds of like, oh, well, you should try to not swear so much. Yeah, well, but they're also, treating it like an addiction. Yeah. You know, which like I don't know. I, sometimes it, I feel like it could be. You know, if you're just really doing it that, like, cause like, yeah, yeah, what do they do after that song? Uh, like, dump all that out by watching Terrence and Philip again. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, I think what Mr. Mackey was, what they're trying to get across to that is that that's not the way to do it. Right. You know, the whole like have a musical number about not swearing. Right. Well, it's like treating swearing like it is an addiction. It's like, I, I guess I could see how you get used to cursing, but it's not an addiction. It's right. not like 
drugs. No, of course. We need to get clean of it. So, um, but yeah, the other one, the Brian Boitano song, I like it a lot. But why Brian Boitano, you know? I, to this day, I still don't entirely know who well, Brian Boitano is. But I heard that he did some pretty incredible things. Did he really, song was it really believed. that incredible? He didn't even win gold at the Olympics. I he did. He did Olympic figure skating in the 90s. So, and he's American. So, like, we, people knew who he was. But I think the joke here is that he's not that great. So, by putting him as this, like, oh, otherworldly... What would Brian Boitano do as like the guy who inspires them? Is that's the joke? Is that he's not that important? Maybe I also wonder if maybe he's just like a deep cut like Denver, Colorado reference. Is he like from Denver? I don't um, know. Like I don't know if we want to like fact check that real quick, but maybe that's why. Because it just like I don't know. Brian, like this is the only time I've even like. No, he's from heard, California. He's from California. Okay, well then uh, I really don't know. Um, but if the song is to be believed, he like climbed a mountain and like fought off bears with laser eyes. So like, you know, he must be pretty great, supposedly. Yeah, he uh, he went and uh, competed in the 1994 Winter Olympics where he placed sixth. So he didn't even medal. And then he he's in the U.S. Figure Skating Hall of Fame. I really think that it's supposed to just be le random joke which I, I, is only i can agree is only less funny today because he's even less relevant so yeah um yeah i didn't really get that i still like the song though song's really good but and then blame canada is honestly like the song from yeah. this movie as far as like people who are fans of uh this as like from the viewpoint of it just being a musical there's actually a video that i can put in the description of robin williams performing uh blame canada <gasps> yes. what yes they, oh, i know what we're doing they later did this, uh they did this at the oscars they the year that yeah south wow. park made this movie robin williams performed it and because they weren't going to let him uh actually cuss he starts the musical or like the performance with a black piece of duct tape over his mouth and then he tears it off and he performs a song but whenever they cuss he just turns around and doesn't say it but he doesn't show his face so okay. it's pretty cool. Uh, we'll watch it after this. Yeah, together, please. But I'll also I did not know that Robin Williams like. Isn't that awesome? Song. No, yeah. that's so awesome. That's like huge respect to have Robin Williams want to like perform your song. Dude, the fact the that Oscars. it's Robin Williams of all people like makes it even better. Yeah. Like game recognizes game. Also, I miss Robin Williams. Yeah. Like, R.I.P. Yeah, to man. a legend. Yeah. To a real legend. Like. Oh, man, that's wild, though. I yeah. did not know that at all. One thing that kind of surprised me about this movie was it has it's like so focused on Christianity, you know, like it, it, in the very beginning, like all the moms are Christians, like they're the, everything they say to their kids as they're leaving is about like, well, except for Sheila, who's Jewish. Yeah. But they're like, uh, you know, Stan's mom is like, oh, like, uh, what a like uh, my boy is such a beautiful little Christian angel, you know? Right. And she even calls him Christian. And then Kenny's mom is like. Uh, you know, make it back for church, uh, you know, or else you can answer to Satan. And then when they are leaving Kenny's house, they go in front of the church where the priest is there with the choir, and they even have the choir sing in the, the song. Right, right. Um, I and then know. you've got Satan and you've got heaven, you know? It's just interesting to see how they play that. I, th I think that they're just kind of playing to the audience because they know that, like most of the U.S. is going to be their target audience, right? Yeah, definitely. And beyond that, most of the U.S. is 
predominantly Christian of some way, shape, or form. I know we have like what twenty or thirty different like subsections of Christianity at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the majority of your audience is Christian. That's what you kind of you know play it to. Yeah, and, and well, and it's an interesting choice from like uh like a thematic perspective, but it also just kind of works with Kenny's storyline. Yeah, the whole point is. Where's Kenny going to go when he dies? Because obviously Kenny's going to die. Right, yeah. <laughs> you guys killed Kenny. Ew, bastards. Yes, which I remember being so iconic, like that, that line. Oh, I, yeah. I, I heard about that even before I really watched South Park. So No, of course. Um, I know we kind of like said it, but uh, uh, the mole's pretty badass. Like, he's great. <laughs> yeah, we did already say that. We did. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man he's just like uh he's just like he's like oh he's like this really excellent like resistance leader and like he's the perfect guy for the job and uh then you like see him and he's like who is this kid and oh uh, every second he was on like he's like he also dies his death was very epic yeah his he like dies fighting he does dogs. the kind of uh la resistance reprise yeah and he went out Although I'm sure he came back to life after Kenny got his wish. Oh yeah, he so probably did. Kind of uh, did that. Oh, and also I love the outro song that starts with uh, with Chef, where he's like, "Everything worked out. What a happy end." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Americans and Canadians are friends again. <laughs> it's yeah, so good. It's they just super they do good. such a good job of just like doing all the different styles. Um, so. Really enjoy the movie, and sometimes just like listening back to the songs. Although they're kind of hard to track down because uh, they're not on Spotify. All right, well, I think we're ready to move on to our cool Easter eggs, and I'll start by saying that this movie had some pretty fun kind of cameo voices. So Mike Judge, who's the creator of King of the Hill, he performs Kenny's voice at the end where he takes his hoodie off. Wow! Yeah, that what okay. an honor to be chosen to be. Yeah. Kenny. <laughs> Um, I also want to say that this movie is like the first time we actually see Kenny like unhooded and unmuffled. Right. Uh, you get to see Kenny like, you know, clearly. Does he talk in anything else? Um, well, he does talk in like later seasons of South Park. Okay. Um, although uh, his voice is still like kind of altered a little bit because um, like the first time you hear him is uh, for Mysterion um, and he's doing like his like Batman impression. Oh, interesting. And like he's still like hooded or whatever. And then But you can actually hear his voice. Yeah, you can hear his voice, but you know, because he's he's being like Mysterion. He's yeah, like the, yeah. the Batman esque. Got of it. The got it. South Park world. Well, another cool cameo is Michael McDonald performs Satan's high notes. Okay. So the, which you probably needed to get a strong voice like Michael McDonald to do that. And then finally the doctor who operates on Kenny after he immolates himself is George Clooney, which I picked up on right away as really? soon as I heard his voice. I was like, "Dude, that's Clooney!" And I googled it, and it was. That's the one who's like puts a baked potato. In, so oh, oh, yes, dude. I was gonna like. I didn't quite know who that was, but I was too busy laughing about the baked potato to really kind of like get it to click. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, because like then it's like, son, we also like put a baked potato inside of you. Like you have about ten. I've seconds. got some bad news, son. <laughs> yeah. Like. Oh, oh man, dude, man. I like didn't quite catch that because I was too busy laughing. Okay, <laughs> all right. Because what what uh what Easter eggs do you have? 
I, uh, the Easter egg I'd like to say, uh, Jesus is seen three times in this movie. Really? Uh, yeah. You know, with Satan being around, I didn't think Jesus would be <laughs> too far behind. Uh, the first time we see him, it's during the crowd pan in the briefing room, uh, next to officer Bar Brady. Um, if you know who that is, uh, then when the army is marching, uh, you know, uh, just before Kyle, you know, Kyle hides Ike in the attic. Um, he's, uh, it's like, it's like 30 seconds in when that like scene starts or whatever. Wow. But, um, and then finally, um, he's at the, uh, he's in the back of the crowd at like the very end. Like when they're all holding hands. Yeah. They're all like holding hands or whatever. Oh, fun. Yeah. That um, is, that's a true Easter egg. Um, all right. Well, I've never done this without Joey, but I'm just going to go for it. Um, all right, Coos, I think you know what time it is. Absolutely. It's time for us to go a little deeper. All right. So I'm going to read you uh, a portion of the Wikipedia page for this movie, okay. and then we'll kind of talk about the surrounding events. So, Yeah, absolutely. In the aftermath of Columbine, in relation to this film's release, Parker was questioned whether he felt youth culture was under fire, to which he commented... It's amazingly strange because that climate is what the movie is all about. We wrote it more than a year ago. So when Columbine happened, we were like, wow, what we wrote about in this movie came true in the terms of people's attitudes. The movie is also about war. And then that happened too. Hayes responded to conservatives using prudishness as a cure for society's ills. If we give in to that and allow entertainment to become a scapegoat, you might wind up living in who knows what kind of state. If you believe in your artistic vision and you've got a moral conviction, take it to them. The rating of the film later brought comparisons to Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, which was released in theaters in a digitally altered and censored version two weeks after South Park. The original cut was rated NC-17 before Warner Brothers altered it to ensure an R rating. In response to these debates the controversy and the controversy, Stone called the MPAA a bumbling, irresponsible organization. So it's interesting to see kind of how South Park's commentary on culture is kind of how accurate they are and kind of the things that are happening in culture. Because back in the 90s, you had conservatives who were in favor of censorship in order to stop what they saw was bad, which is progressives using foul language, right? It's right. Progressives like South Park. Right. But now It's interesting to see how it's flipped because now it's you know, people who are seen as more conservative, who want more free speech for things like being anti-vax or being able to spread conspiracy theories, right? right. Like, you, like YouTube censors a lot of stuff like that. And right. so you get all these right-wing people who are more um, in favor of free speech and loosening regulations on what you can say. And progressive people are now the ones who want to be more restrictive, who are like, you shouldn't be allowed to say that, you know? Right, and let's, right. Let's, uh, so it's just... I don't think it cuts entirely one way or the other. There's kind of a mix there, but it's just interesting to see how that was going on back then and how the pendulum can swing to either side. There's uh there's always going to be some give and take, but it is interesting to think about that like, you know, uh tw a little over 20 years ago, the pendulum was completely flipped around and now um, you know, following it's the complete opposite. Right. Where, you know, uh, conservatives really seem like they want uh, more free speech and like less censorship. And now progressives are like, no, you can't do that. That's wrong. Right. Um, 
No more uh, fake conspiracies. No more fake news. Um, things like that. Well, yeah, and, and even specifically Columbine, which came, which happened around the same time this movie came out. People saying that watching the wrong TV show could be the thing that leads you to commit an atrocity like that, uh, and trying to scapegoat media. Uh, right. I think is something that uh, you know we still struggle with today, as far as people calling for things to you know not be able to be made. So. Um, it, that's why I think, even though there are some pop culture references to this film that have not aged well, I think the subject matter is still just as relevant as ever. I think this is also why South Park is so crucial to society. I know that, oh, like, bold take. <laughs> listen, well, it's a show that makes fun of everyone, so it's a platform that everyone can go to to like find you know uh, a bit of an escape but also again just you know that from that profane to profound um south park has been going for over uh you know almost uh you know 30 years at this point we just celebrated 25 like last year um i'm i'm pretty sure it's really been that long yeah so we're going on like year 26 or 27 and it's just like yeah, man. Um, we've all grown up with South Park, and like sometimes they've had to even take stock of their own like responsibility as far as our culture. And it's just like, are we the ones that kind of lowered the bar? You know, because you know we've been desensitized to it. And I think that uh, this like this movie's held up, and I think that South Park is just crucial in the sense that it is a platform for just kind of this. It's not, I mean, listen, you're not going to like, you know, hear like the truth coming out and like about like literally everything and anything, but like it's a platform where it's, it's almost completely unbiased, like, cause it doesn't have a bias to any one side because it's making fun of literally everything almost equally. You know, when you think about having a bias, you try to, you know, like leaning one way or the other. And to me, South Park is that show where it's just like, yeah, okay, maybe there are some things that it has like a bias in, but, you know, over like the course of its lifetime, even South Park has like changed its point of view. The biggest I can really recall is about Man Bear Pig, um, where they made fun of Al Gore about climate change and global warming and called it man bear pig and it was like this like uh bigfoot style monster in the woods and it was kind of like make-believe and 20 years later where climate change is literally wrecking the earth and killing people and we're suffering the effects of global warming literally as we speak and record this right now um yeah they had to like apologize to al gore and showed like man bear pig violently rip people <laughs> apart um you know what i mean like Dang, it had such a deal- long time since i've seen man bear pig so the, the original criticism was that al gore is just spouting off again about yeah nothing? he's just spouting off nonsense wow. and he's like trying to make this totally fake make-believe thing real and then, you know, 20 or, you know, uh, I'll say 20 years because I feel like that's a little bit more accurate than like 30 years. But like 20 well, it years. It definitely hasn't been 30 years. It hasn't been yet, 30 years. So but you're right. Like, it would be slightly more accurate. Yeah. Uh, 20 years later, they had to like apologize and like kind of make it right where like Man Bear Pig became like a huge problem in the show. Dang, but the same really like, apologized? Like they oh, yeah, no, fire. they've apologized explicitly wow. because they, like, well, because at the time, nobody cared about, like, 
climate change and global warming because it's like, ah, you know, that's like tomorrow's problem. You know, that's well, for like the it's next tomorrow's generation. problem, or they didn't believe it. Well, again, they didn't believe it, and then they were like, even if it was like real, that like <laughs> we won't have to worry about that in our lifetimes. Mm. And they had to like come back, you know, twenty years later and be like, um damn um this is like not only like happening in our lifetimes but like now our children and their children and like our children's children being affected by this like and this was kind of on us because we could have stopped it and like we could have like made it a uh, a bigger deal and brought it to like the spotlight a little bit and we totally played it off for laughs um and they like the boys have to like enlist al gore's help to defeat man bear pig and then they pretty much can't so okay so you know but like my to bring it all kind of back home i think that south park is such a a a platform um that's so important to our culture do you but you think that's still true like you feel like they're just as relevant today as oh they are just as relevant if not more so today than back then i i disagree i don't know that many people that keep tabs on south park the way like south park made news back in the day by existing you know? Yeah, listen, um, do you remember uh, when we were in college? And well, that's not we, today. Right? right, okay, that's not today, but within the past five years where we would watch South Park every Wednesday, especially during like the Trump election year, you know what I well, mean? Well, that's what I'm saying is I feel like eventually reality kind of caught up to South Park where the absurdities happening in South Park were not more absurd than real life. Okay, I, I actually can agree with that. Especially like, I feel like right years. at the Trump presidency is where that transition really happened. I have to agree, though, yeah. Because like, our, our own politicians act as cartoonishly awful out in public as the characters in South Park. I have to agree with you, um, which is, I mean, I still think South Park is relevant. I still think it's very important, but like 100% I, I, agree. I think I agree um, with you in this fact that I would say South Park is an important show but it was more important back before, Again, back in yeah. the, like the 90s and the 2000s, where they were truly pushing the limits on what people were willing to watch and what people wanted to watch from like a vulgarity sp- uh, standpoint. Right. But they were doing it in a way that I think came with solid messages. There's other shows that are just as gruesome, if not more gruesome, than South Park. Well, like, for sure. Have you ever seen Super Jail? Yes, I've seen Super, Super Jail. Super Jail is messed up, dude. Yeah, There's stuff in, in, in Super Jail. I'm like, why am I watching this? Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. I can't But I feel it, like right? South Park kind of follows it up with at least some sort of a message in there um, that well, South kind Park, of gives it a redeeming quality. In a way, South well, like because South Park isn't like uh, vulgar for the... Well, okay, it is vulgar for the sake of being vulgar. It definitely is. But, all right, but South Park isn't like extreme like that. There is a... Um, there's a sense of uh, uh, symbolism in it, in the sense that, like, again, South Park is basically a step up from stick figures. So, like, yeah. you know, things aren't like too graphic or too like gory. Well, they are definitely graphic. I mean, the the scene where Kenny is getting operated on is horrific. Yeah, okay. Like, um, That's that doesn't go there. Okay. <laughs> tearing him apart, dude. Okay, all right. Yeah, we're tearing him apart. I guess. Um, I think that's um almost better is that you've got these cute little characters that seem so simple but then their anatomy can get so complex out of nowhere that's true i guess i'm just saying south park was important because they helped push the envelope and kind of paved the way for a lot of these other shows now they're able to do things of similar uh you know 
vulgarity or you can even just say they have a, a if you want to be even more gracious you can just say everyone else has that much more freedom to kind of go where they want because south park had kind of fought that battle yeah and they proved that people out there wanted to see this kind of stuff they uh they ran so everybody else could walk so <laughs> sure sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, I think that's a good place to wrap up our conversation. So as we do at the end of every episode of Apple Chat, we'll now deliver our ratings. Jo- uh, Thomas called you Joey. Coos, what rating do you want to give to South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut? Listen, if I had to give this movie a rating, i just say uh, this movie's fucking sweet, dude. <laughs> uh, this movie's sweet. fucking sweet, yes. dude. Yeah. Sweet! <laughs> All right! Uh, okay, well, I will give this movie... And Entertainment Weekly from 2023, so I can learn some more relevant pop culture references. Uh, so <laughs> kind of get an update and be more funny in the current day. But, you know, 20 more years from now, it'll go right back to being a little harder to understand. So that's just the nature of being topical, right, Coos? Yep, amen. Okay, well, there you have it. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Coos, thank you so much for returning to Affable Chat to talk about this movie. Um, tell the people uh, where they can find you online. Yeah, you guys can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and everything at KoozyKing514. It's my, it's my handle. Um, I have also been kind of thinking about uh, maybe doing a uh, you know, gaming platform, potentially. If people want to watch you know, live streams, things like that. Um, if anyone's interested, you know, maybe uh, reach out. Let me know. I can maybe get that together. Um, what kind of yep. games would you be playing? Um, I'm probably like Hearthstone. Uh, I mean, Hearthstone to start for sure, just because I have it. But uh, I'd love to hear some of your strategies. Uh, potentially, like if I can get like the uh, the the Kutzbah together to really get like a production, I could even do like Commander and like have a like a my own little like game nights show. Uh, where the four of like four people could play commander and be like on camera nice so that could be pretty clutch um i would say probably be a lot like commander at home though um it's another like uh magic the gathering show i watch um cool. mainly because brian kibler's there and i he's a great player so all right well we'll um, keep, have to keep an eye out for uh some of these things possibly coming from you in the future yeah but thanks again kuza i really appreciate you coming on here. i'm so happy to be back i'm so uh you know thankful and glad that i was able to be here ben um and uh, again thank you so much for having me and i hope i can be back for uh more episodes and reclaim my most reoccurring <laughs> guest position there you go that's the spirit all right well that's gonna do it for this episode uh yeah go ahead and subscribe to us on itunes spotify google play or wherever you get your podcasts Afflechat.com is your new favorite website on the internet there you can find the latest from us and all our social accounts including twitter instagram tiktok youtube all at Afflechat. And even our email address, afflechat at gmail.com. If you like this episode, then tell a friend about it. Uh, all you have to say is, have you considered listening to Affable Chat? That's going to do it for this episode. For Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. I'm Coos. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>